everyone, and welcome to episode 58 of Connectivity. I am Scott Thompson. This week we have two segments for you. Uh, starting things off, we have myself, Zach, and Patrick, and uh, we're doing some listener mail. After that, Zach leaves, Neil comes in, and we do that Nintendo year for the year of 1996, the launch of the Nintendo 64. Enjoy. Hi folks, this is your host, Zachary Miller. It's Halloween, and I'm he- we're going to do some listener mail. I'm here with uh, Scott Thompson, who's been spending the night on Bald Mountain. I don't get the reference. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and Patrick Barnett, who's just back from il- infiltrating the Hall of the Mountain King. I, I don't get the reference either. <laughs> oh. You want to try again? Go ahead, try again. Give us some new... Uh... It's new horror, scary okay. movie related things. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Scott Thompson, who's been doing the Monster Mash. Okay. Yes, that I get. All right. Okay. And Patrick Barnett, who's been uh, dancing with zombies and zombie Michael Jackson. In yeah, Thriller. yeah, that one makes more sense. I, I get that. <laughs> okay. I was trying to be all like classical music, highfalutin, but no. <laughs> no, it had to be a... Jerk stores. had to be a little bit more on the nose with us on this one. <laughs> uh-huh. I thought Bald Mountain, you were just making fun of me for being bald. <laughs> I was ready to go, Zach. I was ready to go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're going to do some listener mail. And it is, in fact, Halloween. So hopefully you won't hear any doorbells, uh, you know, for kids' money candy. And then shortly followed by, like, eggs hitting the side of our houses for not giving them any candy because we're busy doing this. So I think you two are safe. I think I think the kids are in bed. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's ten o'clock. You know, after ten for Patrick, and after nine for me. But for Zach, that means it's like two thirty in the afternoon on Saturday. Well, well <laughs> after ten is when the when the kids come out with the eggs and start. That's true. Up. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget who spurned them. So um yeah, let's do some mail. This is all pretty much left over from when we did listener mail last week. Um, we got a lot of mail. A lot of people apparently want those Paper Mario stickers. Um, which I'm convinced Neil's is probably eight at some point, so I don't know if anyone's going to get them, but hopefully, maybe. Well, we'll see what we can do. All right, I'm going to kick, kick things off here. So this is from Brian Charland, and he writes, How do you think Nintendo is going to advertise the Wii U in the U.S.? It is getting very close to launch, and we still don't have a clear idea of how they will differentiate it from the Wii to the masses. Um, now, Patrick, I think, maybe, didn't you just send an email in? That, yeah, like, yeah, I did. The uh, first commercials are going to start rolling out tomorrow, actually. Yeah, Nintendo sent out a teaser image just today with a, it was um, kind of like, it was a whole bunch of different li- living room setups. That's what mm-hmm. it looked like, and it's going to be their first commercial going live tomorrow. Okay, which at, which will be actually Thursday, so yeah, a yeah. few days after you hear this. So if you're hearing this now and you didn't see it, you can probably go find it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, or probably our site will even have a story about it, I would imagine. It, it just looks like they're following back in line with the old Wii type of advertising where they're going to gather the family around the console and right. uh, have them all sit there and play it and appeal and to that smile. audience. <laughs> it's a pretty popular, like, archetype for commercials right now. Yeah. Like, I know Just Dance does that, you know, like, cuts between different, like, kind of parties and social settings where everyone's playing. And then same with the Dance Central games. They had that kind of same motif, too. Oh, yeah. Just people in the living room playing. L- so. Looking at the image is quite weird because it, they built this giant structure it's uh, three stories high with like three rooms on each story like i wonder if they're gonna wow. like, pan across or they just did that for space reasons hmm. i don't know that's weird yeah, yeah i guess we'll see tomorrow but um yeah i don't know it seems kind of late to 
start the commercials now. I mean, we're we're as of Sunday, we'll be two weeks away. Um, Jeez, that's crazy. I know, isn't it? <laughs> right, no, yeah, two weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's coming up very quickly. Um, and yeah, it's been kind of quiet. I mean, apart from their Nintendo directs and stuff, but I haven't seen much like mainstream kind of exposure yet. Um. Have you? I know people are supposed to be getting Wii U's and like Best Buys and GameStops, but I don't have any yet. Here. My GameStop has one in, but it is broken already. <laughs> nice. I, w- I went to check it out today, and uh, they they didn't know what happened to it. It just doesn't work anymore. Well, I guess a lot of people are complaining. Like some of them, the displays all they have is Rayman to play. That, that's I think all they have. Every single okay. one, except maybe the Nintendo World Store ones. I think sure. that has New Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of weird to just show it with... That is a terrible game to show. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really... I mean, I, I guess there is some gamepad stuff, but I don't know if the demo really illustrates the gamepad aspects of the game. And then that game doesn't even come out until 2013 now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not a recognizable, like, franchise, you know, for Nintendo no. anyway. Like, why why isn't it just New Super Mario U or Nintendo Land? Like, have a few attractions from Nintendo Land. Um... I don't know, kind of a weird missed opportunity, but once again, it like shows the relationship between Ubisoft and Nintendo right now. Yeah, um, they are definitely in bed together. So it's weird that they don't have Mario. I mean, just throw the E3 Mario demo on. I mean, yeah. you, you can look at Mario. I I think you can view a trailer. I didn't get to play with it a lot because oh, it was okay. broken. Broken. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, sh- you should have just brought in like one of your Wii remotes and tried to try to sync it up to it. And uh, that might. Have- I don't know. That might have worked. <laughs> You'd probably have to press a button on the console, yeah. so I don't know. But but um, they had all the different games there. It was just Rayman Legends was the only one with a button activated that said play demo, which would hmm. boot up the demo. Yeah. So weird. So weird. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not too worried about how it takes off right at the get-go, and maybe Nintendo's not either, because, I mean, based on pre-order sellouts and everything like that, I mean, it's going to do fine this Christmas. Um, but it'll yeah. be interesting to see how they ramp things up uh, after the new year. I think that will be important. So, I don't know. We'll see. But it is kind of weird that they're sort of sitting on this. Indeed. I mean, do you guys remember, I I guess it was so long ago now, 2006. Like, I'm having a hard time remembering what the, uh, like, the Wii ramp-up was. Um, Get in or get out. I don't think that was the Wii. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that was the N64. Oh. Yeah, a little different. Um, But now that I think about it, I don't think there were very many, like, Big, you know, like commercials and advertisements for the Wii. I think it was a lot of word of mouth, and then, um, you know, kind of talk shows and stuff when it caught on to that market. Um, uh, did they have those commercials out that were like the the Wii would? They like had commercials to play? that were the two yeah, Japanese yeah. guys at the door saying, "We want to play." No, we would we would like to play. We would like to. Those play. respectful Japanese men would never say, "We want to play." No, <laughs> not the sling. Um, yeah, but did that come? That you think that was before the system launch? I can't I mean, remember. Those, those... Yeah, I think it was. Huh. Okay, maybe at, le- at least the Wii Sports one, I think, because there was a lot of different versions of that. They did a bunch. Yeah, this is a pretty cool commercial campaign, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Something bad. Can't complain. It's kind of quirky. I-, I was glad they carried it out like for many, many games in the future. Yeah, it was like, just kept like going. one and done. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's that. I think. Um, I don't know how they're going to advertise it. Commercials are coming. We'll see what happens there. And then, yeah, we'll see if they get some more mainstream exposure, like kind of with the Wii getting down talk shows and stuff like that. You know, get Oprah singing its praises and stuff. Although she doesn't, she doesn't, doesn't have a show she's anymore. Retired. Yeah, I know. So I guess get Ellen to be talk about it. Maybe Conan O'Brien. He does his like video game hey. reviews now. That'd be pretty good. I'm sure it'll be on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
It's already been on Jimmy Fallon. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, they already did that once, so. All right, well, let's move on to the next one. I think, Zach, uh, you're going to read this one. Okay. Hi, guys. This is Pure Evil from Twitter, the forums, and PAX East 2012 Jeopardy. What's up, sir? Yeah, he's one of our first contestants. Oh, really? Yeah, he played in the first round. Oh, nice. I I know uh, he just got theater rhythm. I hope he likes it. Anyway, he says, I have noticed a certain attitude coming from several games journalists lately that is somehow wrong to be excited about ports coming to Wii U. I know one comment was made, and I am paraphrasing, they could not understand someone's most wanted game being Batman or Mass Effect 3. I've also heard it mentioned more than once that no one is excited for Batman Armored Edition. I am not fortunate enough to be able to afford multiple consoles a generation right now, and I stick with Nintendo because they have the franchises I love. As such, I have spent years not getting to play many awesome games that came out for other systems. I am excited to finally try them, especially since I am a huge fan of Batman. On top of that, none of Nintendo's first-party games interest me all that much. Aside from New Super Mario Bros. 2, I am not really a fan of the New Super Mario Bros. series. I do not get Nintendo. I do not get Nintendo Land. Neither do I, and do not think it will hold my interest that long, and I have never gotten around to playing Pikmin, so the sequel is not that exciting to me. So my question is, where does this attitude come from, and what exactly is wrong with me being excited for these games, even if everyone else has already played them years ago? Well, it's games journalists are just sort of snotty, spoiled brats who have played all these games because they own every single console. So for this, any any spotlight put on these games to them and to us, I guess, that <laughs> we'll might have to lump ourselves in with that, is, like, deemed a waste of time. Like, I did not need to see any anything about Batman at E3. Much less 20 minutes of it. Right. I, I didn't need to see it at E3, but I'm still excited for it. I mean, I Pure Evil is, like, the ideal candidate to buy a Wii U because, like he said, a lot of these games, like the Assassin's Creed series or the Batman Arkham series or, you know, Mass Effect, have not come to Nintendo consoles. So a small percentage of people who can only have Nintendo systems or for whatever reason choose to have only Nintendo systems will be able to play these games finally. Mm -hmm. So that's nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, But I think you're right. Games journalists like, I mean, me, when I was at E3, uh, I said, oh, Batman, that came out six months ago. <laughs> Boring. Boring. And, uh, and you know, by the way, uh, Pure Evil, it, it plays pretty poorly. Uh, I really hope they fix it because it is a wonderful game. Um, well, you can, can't you play it with just the gamepad? Or not the gamepad, the, the, uh, the, the, pro, pro. The, the pro controller? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you can. They didn't have yeah. that on demo. I'm sure it'll be okay. Patrick, you never played this game? I, I never got to play it on PS3 or 360. And I, I played the demo at E3 for Batman, but I like like Zach. I thought it was a little broken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I have it pre-ordered. I think I'm actually on the review, so. Oh, wow. I'm really that. excited nice. for that. Yeah, yeah I mean, there, there's nothing wrong about being excited about these games. I mean, I mean, you're you're reading the opinion, you know, online of enthusiasts. <laughs> who make it their mission to pretty much play everything that's, you know, relevant when it's relevant. So, of course, you know, they're just not going to be excited about these types of things. Um, but, you know, it doesn't make you a bad person. I mean, I know our own uh, Carmine on staff, he's in your boat. Uh, he never owned anything but a Wii, and he's very excited to kind of go back and play these games. 
Um, I mean, he, he wrote a preview for, or not a preview, but impressions for Mass Effect 3. And was talking about how, like, it was his first time really playing, like, standard first-person shooter controls because he's never played a first-person shooter that didn't, oh, use, yeah. like, that didn't use, like, the Wii remote and stuff to aim. So he, he was, that was a learning curve for him. And that's just, it's interesting. Like, it, uh, he's got to be in the minority there. But, I mean, you know, there's people like that. And so this is a great opportunity. I hope they bring more old games to the Wii U, honestly. I think last week we talked about, uh, Andy and I talked about, like, a, like a Dead Space, uh, like, one and two anthology um, you know, I'd like all the Fatal Frame games in HD. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good opportunity, and you see that, you know, more and more now. I mean, even between, like, iterations of hardware that actually had the games. Like, you have the Silent Hill HD collection now, and the Metal Gear Solid HD collection. And There's so many HD collections. Right. It's and very I pre- own so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's very prevalent right now. So, no, this is cool. I mean... Batman's a great game, and hopefully, you know, as long as things are fixed, uh, you know, whatever was kind of rough in that demo when it comes to controls, as long as that stuff's fixed, it should be good. Um, I can understand the Mass Effect 3 thing because it's, you know, the finale of a trilogy of games, and it seems kind of weird yeah, to jump in in the odd. last one. But, I mean, if you're interested, and, you know, it's still a good game. The the second one's the best, but the third one's, you know, good. The, the first one's hard to go back to. I think what um, makes the Mass Effect 3 thing even worse off for Nintendo, for the Wii U is, uh, that, there was that trilogy announced, like the Mass Effect trilogy. Yeah. For the other oh, systems. What? Right. I'm pretty sure that was announced. I'm not, I'm not just making that up, am I? I might, I might get that. Oh, it's not for the, it's not for the Wii U, Zach. I, I don't care. I've always <laughs> wanted to play Mass Effect, but I never Zach. wanted to buy it for two different systems. Zach's like, I don't care. I'm rich. I own all the consoles. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's pretty cool, but yeah, it sucks that that's not coming to Wii U. Is that, is that coming to PS3 too? Because I know PS3 doesn't have the, the first Mass Effect because of licensing. It, it's only on Microsoft, yeah. not on, on Xbox and PC. So is this an Xbox-only trilogy, do you know, Patrick? No, no, no. The original Mass Effect will be available on the PlayStation 3. Sweet! Wow. Yeah, why, why... a timed exclusive. Yeah, I guess so, because there was already, um, you know, Mass Effect 2 let you, like, play through basically the decisions you made in Mass Effect 1 um, to compensate for not being available on the PS3. That's right. crazy. When when does that come out? November 6th. Jesus. It's like... <laughs> God, that, that totally bones the Wii U. <laughs> it says it's later for the PlayStation 3. November 6th, you say? Yes, yeah, so you can even play it bef- before the Wii U comes out. <laughs> you, can, you can either go to Best Buy and get that or vote. So, you know. Yeah, you definitely can't do both because we all know no. voting takes all day. And what you're doing, <laughs> you, you need to go home and reflect and think about what you've done. You do. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't even realize that. That really does take some steam out of that yeah. uh, Mass Effect Three release for Wii U. But I, you know, I feel bad for the developer because they put all that time and effort into it, and then it's just like, well, we're just kind of shuffling that to the side. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised they couldn't just release that for Wii U then. I mean, if they can get the original Mass Effect on PS3, I don't see why they couldn't get it on Wii U. Yeah. Well, they might. What if what if they what if they yank the Mass Effect Three at the last minute and and shuffle in the trilogy? I think two weeks from launch, they're not gonna <laughs> suddenly cancel the game. Well, no, I mean, I mean, well, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be out regardless. I mean, maybe later down the road they can release the trilogy or at least one, one and two. So the Wii, know. the Wii U will be getting the uh, Metroid Prime Corruption deal, where they get, yeah, yeah they get Metro, they get uh, Mass Effect Three at launch, and then a few years down the road they'll get the trilogy. Right, with the awesome like updated controls and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, kind of bizarre. So, 
Yeah, Mass Effect 3 is kind of a weird case, but as far as Batman and, and a few of the other ports go, um, you know, it's a good opportunity. So I'm excited for you, Pure Evil, to uh, get a chance to play everything. That's pretty cool. Before we move on, I just wanted to say you should give Nintendo Land a chance, unlike Zach, who just pushes it to the side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm getting it on day one. I'm going to play it because I'll have nothing else to play, okay? I'm still angry at you for not going to it at E3. Even you know though. why? <laughs> you, didn't even, you, didn't, you didn't even play it? No. He refused. <laughs> that, that, was my, that was my protest. Oh, this is their big game? Wii Sports, Wii U? Fuck that. I am not touching that game. I was protesting. Well, I, I'm sure you protested a lot of good. I'm sure your message was received. It worked. <laughs> Doing what exactly? I don't know yet. Something. <laughs> okay. Something happened. Yeah. They they knew your protest, and that's why they included that F-Zero spoiler at that uh, event yes. that evening. <laughs> no, no, that's why they put in a Metroid game. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess They're trying to, get me, uh, trying to get me interested. Now, if they could just get your me wearing, well, not your me, but a female me wearing that uh, zero suit, then I think you'd really be into it. Hey. Not going to turn it down. Like if your wife's me could wear that suit, I think you'd be all in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's move on before Zach loses it. He's already been eating a lot of candy. Um, I don't want to know what's going to happen. We combine that with the thoughts of his wife in that costume, so... Let's move on. <laughs> All right, this next question comes from Daniel Flat. Um, here we go. I, well, he starts first with, I was hoping to win the set of those awesome Paper Mario stickers. If you can hook me up, I'll certainly earn the title for my son, the ultimate recipient of the best dad on the planet. On with my listener question. Well, as I said, I, I think Neil has done something with those stickers. I don't know. I haven't heard about them since he first brought that idea up, so... Who knows? He got uh, blown away by Hurricane Sandy. It's possible. <laughs> he, he does live in New Jersey, which if anyone's wondering, he's okay. Um, he was actually stranded. He went to Green Bay to watch a Packers game and then was stranded there for like three extra days. So he uh, wasn't in the storm, but he's doing okay now. So, yeah, we'll find out about those stickers. Anyway, his question. With the Wii U mere weeks away from release, Nintendo has yet to truly shed light on how their online functionality really works. In the past, this is something the company has really struggled with, and if indeed there is a competent online system in place for the hardcore gamers they seek to lure back to the wonderful world of the Big N, then it's baffling that they haven't laid out those laid those concerns to rest. Do you think that the lack of talk about the sort of facts about the nebulous online system means that won't that it won't be truly Wow, that it won't truly be ready for launch. That wasn't just me having a stroke. There was a few words missing in there. <laughs> um, yeah, still kind of weird. What do you guys think? Well, you think we'll have a Nintendo Direct in like another week that'll kind of go over the online stuff, or you think this I, is it? There has to be. <laughs> I think it's, there has. It's to getting be. too late. Nope. Why don't Why don't you think so, Zach? Because because they haven't talked at all about the online yet. Why Let's, would they talk about it now? They're just never going to mention it. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm kind of fearing the worst. Like, I don't think Miiverse is going to be all the way live when we, you know, when it launches. I don't, I don't even know if the virtual console is going to be ready with games. Well, it was just revealed this week, right, that day one you'll be able to download full games on the eShop, correct? Oh, no, I understand that. Like, like Mighty Switch Force HD, I'll be buying that right away, But, but like... I assume that all the Nintendo cha- Nintendo Shop Channel games will be imported to the Wii U at some point, and I don't think anything will be there 
on day one. I think it's just going to be the few games that are specific to the eShop that launch with it and full games. Mm, I don't know. See, I, I just don't see that being the case. I mean, they came out really hard before E3 with that um, Nintendo Direct that was on Sunday and, like, really tried to highlight a lot of the online interactivity, um, you know, like, with the Zombie U stuff before he even knew Zombie U was a game, um, showing him, you know, that guy talking to his, like, his grandpa and stuff, like, with the video screen and being able to do all that. I mean, I just can't think – I it's – impossible that they're just going to say like, yeah, that stuff's coming, you know, like any, you know, next year or something like that. I think, I think we're going to wait for a patch just like the 3DS, maybe not as long, but I don't think it's going to be complete when it launches. That's just me. And the reason I think that is because they haven't said shit about it yet. What kind of worries me is they announced that digital, they gave more details on the digital uh, promotion. I can't remember what it's called. Nintendo Network Premium or something like that. Yeah, something and, like and they said that website's not going to go live until December. So, does that Ugh. mean eShop and stuff won't be there until December? Hmm. Yeah. No, I I think e, the eShop's got to be there. I mean, it, it's it's got to be. It has to be. All right. I mean, didn't they? Maybe I'm wrong. Did they not say that these these downloadable like free I, retail I think games? they said that, but I think they also said you won't be able to collect points for anything until December. Right. Oh. You, can, you might not be able to redeem the points, but I think that they'll be. I mean, obviously, it'll be saved with your system. Like I think you can still redeem the points come December if you buy something in November. I hope. Um. Yeah. Maybe just that's not going to be implemented yet. But I mean, it's just two weeks until December. You know. I mean, depending. You know, if they roll it out at the end of December or the beginning of December, but. You know, I, I don't yeah. know. I think we're, I think people are worrying a bit too much about this online stuff. I really think we'll have a Nintendo Direct within the next week. I mean, you know how they are; they'll just announce it five minutes before they're going to do it. That's it, true. And then, um, you know, it's actually going to be tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's probably actually going on right now. We just haven't checked our email because we're doing this. Um, yeah, I think it'll get sorted out. I mean, the the Miiverse stuff is very important to them, and I think they recognize the online stuff and the shortcomings that we had and how important it is. It's not important um, enough to put on their demo stations. It's there but grayed out, so you can't click on it. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, because they probably haven't, you know, because they haven't yeah, yeah, revealed yeah. anything about it yet. So we'll see. I mean, we just had that story come up today from EA, uh, you know, Peter Moore talking about the, the Wii U, and he commented that the, the Wii U does have a lot of, like, improvements in terms of online infrastructure and, and, and things like that, but he did note that the company isn't going to release their games digitally until they know that it's, like, profitable and worth it and, you know, taken seriously by Nintendo, I guess. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. A lot of people were saying they think, you know, he's just kind of spurned because the Wii U doesn't use Origin, um, which yeah. could be the case. Because, you know, there, all, there was those rumors, like, last year, or I guess maybe earlier this year, that the Wii U might use Origin, or maybe it was going to use Steam, or something like that. Um, then it just ended up using Miiverse. Um, but, we'll see. I, th I think we'll get a Nintendo Direct. But I, I understand the worry, I guess. You know, it's two weeks away, and we haven't heard anything about it. Um, it would be nice to know something, but I think we will. I'll make a bet. Zach, you want to make a bet on it? What do you want to bet? Oh, Go for man. one of his figures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to give me your most prized figure. I'll um, give you my least prized figure. Uh, you, you're going to buy Mighty Switch Force HD, you said? Shit, yeah. Okay, if you're right, if there's no Nintendo Direct before the system launches detailing the online infrastructure, then I will purchase that game for you. I'll hey! Either I'll buy you a points card, or if I can gift it right through the eShop, I'll do that. I love it! Okay. And vice and then, versa? 
Yeah, I don't know if I want that game exactly, but of equivalent value, whatever it's going to be, ten bucks or however much it is. So uh, my game will be to to be decided. So. Patrick, you're the witness. All right. Yeah, just you, Patrick. <laughs> Not all the people listening to this. Um. Okay. There we go. Let's move on to our um, last question then. All right. This one is from Admin Abu Nasser. Sorry for really butchering that. <laughs> <laughs> Have an easier to pronounce name, damn it. <laughs> I recently picked up Pokemon White 2 and have oddly mixed feelings towards it. First, I am addicted to Street Pass, but whenever I play a DS game, the function is turned off. I feel like this would have been a huge feature for the franchise. Street Passing other players' teams would have added a huge level of excitement. Second, I've beaten. Or second, I've been wary of playing the game as often as I usually play Pokemon games. I usually leave my DS on from the day I get the game to the day I beat it, and I close it when I need a break. With Street Pass turned off and me working at a busy mall, I feel like I'm missing those super valuable pink puzzle pieces. Finally, I have been, I have, I get a huge been there, done that feeling whenever I enter a new city. Two years ago, every city looked new and beautiful, but after two years with 3D effects, everything looks flat and outdated. Do you think Nintendo should have released DS and 3DS versions of the game? Do you think Nintendo should have tried harder to build 3DS functions into the DS compatibility? Do you guys feel the same way as me? Well, have any of us played Pokemon White 2 or, you know, Pokemon White or Black 2? No. No, I have no desire to at all. Okay. Mainly for the reasons he states. Yes. Well, I, I did play Pokemon White, the uh, you know, the first one. Oh, I, I did that. Yeah. Okay, so we've all we've all done that. So we we have we get the general gist of things, and I totally agree with them. Even back then, I was really surprised they didn't just make this a 3DS launch title to sell a shit ton of 3DS systems. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm even more surprised. I mean, I know you know they just want to save money, I and mean, I'm sure just making another DS game and reusing assets made for a very you know cheap sequel that was guaranteed to make a lot of money. But I do think it's a missed opportunity to not have it on 3DS or yeah, work up some kind of you know, 3DS or 3DS and DS versions or something where when you put it in your 3DS, it unlocks, you know, like extra, I don't know, features or something, you know, that the 3DS can utilize. Yeah. Like Street Pass stuff. Yeah, at least Street Pass in the very least. Because It'd be I hard for them, them to do Street Pass because uh, when yeah, the, the 3DS boots up DS games, it, it's like the Wii and yeah, GameCube right. mode. and. Well, and it's like how the Wii U and the Wii will be, it yeah. sounds like, where, yeah, it just completely basically turns into the other system. Um, but still, yeah, I definitely get what he's saying because that is a pain. I mean, street passing, especially if you do work in a crowded mall, is such like a huge thing with the system that, yeah, yeah. you don't want to just not be doing it because you're playing a DS game. I mean, I, I'm sure the next Pokemon game will probably be on the 3DS. It would just be kind of oh, silly yeah. at this point yeah. for it not to be. Oh, yeah, it will be. And, and Pokemon kind of has a history of, of doing this. I feel like they're always kind of like at the end of the generation um, and then it's just compatible with the, the thing that comes next. Um, like, I feel like, wasn't there a, a GBA Pokemon game that came out pretty much once the, the DS was around or shortly after? I think after? Fire Red and Leaf Green. Okay, yeah. And yeah, and then I remember just playing those on my DS. Um, that wasn't as huge a d- deal, though. But yeah, you lose a lot of functionality playing on the, the 3DS, you know, as a DS game. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do. I think it's very unfortunate that they couldn't just put it on the 3ds especially at this point i understand they wanted to sell as many copies of the game as they could back you know when the the first one came out and might have been worried that a lot of people wouldn't have picked it up but i think it would have sold systems but now i mean a year later the 3ds is very popular i don't see why they couldn't have done it i'd be interested we'll never know but i i'd be interested maybe i'll 
can hold some kind of poll or something or survey people, but how many people play this game on their 3DS and how many people play it on their DS? I would have and, played I w- If I had got it, I would have played it on my DS. Well, I mean, if you, like, it, because you don't own a 3DS. Oh, 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 okay. You know what I mean? Because even before this game came out, they even, like, released new color schemes of the uh, the DSi, I think, yeah. Yeah, I know, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the DSi XL, one of them. Um, like There's so like, many. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, it was, like, a red and a blue, um... Which surprisingly is also the colors of the 3DS XL, which isn't confusing at all. Not at all. Grandmas buying things for their kids or grandkids, but yeah, I'd be interested to see a breakdown. I'd say the majority of people played on a 3DS anyway, so you know, I don't think it was a hindrance. Yeah, it would have been a hindrance to have it on the 3DS instead of the DS, but what do I know? I don't work in Nintendo, so maybe I'm wrong. So my cat is in my lap. And she just farted. Okay. <laughs> and I've never smelled anything worse. This is <laughs> this is historic. Well, there you go. So there's that. Wow. That's what your cat thinks about Pokemon games still being released on the DS, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. That's Good his, his opinion of that. Why are you so, going to um, put me through this? <laughs> so I guess that'll do it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's everything. Um, so thank you everyone for your emails. Um, Zach, do you want to take us home? I mean, you did intro the show after all. You have any more over our head horror references or scary references you want to make? Um, not off the top of my head. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no problem. Well, uh, thanks everyone for emailing. I'll see if we still have these Paper Mario stickers, and we'll see if we're gonna pick a winner <laughs> or something along those lines. And um, yeah, thanks. We'll uh, we'll be back. Yep. See ya. Bye. Episode, whatever you want to call it, of that <laughs> Nintendo year. Right now, we're going to do the year of 1996, which is when the Nintendo 64 debuted. Uh, that was in late, or yeah, late September, and the Super Nintendo and the Game Boy were still around. With me, uh, I got Scott Thompson and Patrick Barnett. Yo, I was very young. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, how, how old were you, Patrick, in 1996? I, I was three. <laughs> I would have been. I would have been eight. I was ten. All right, so so it's not that it's not that far apart. It's kind of funny though because I've actually played most of these games that we're going yeah. to talk about. I mean, it's it's a shorter list. It's uh, Scott was just saying before we start recording that it's probably the shortest list we've ever done on a that Nintendo year, which just kind of shows you how the industry was, I guess, a lot more like it was a lot more focused on kind of like 
one big release every month or so as opposed to, you know, like two or three games coming out every month. Um, not to get off topic right in the beginning, but this is something I thought about today, and I just wanted your guys' opinion. We'll spend a minute on this. Um, what would be your Wii Game of the Year um, for this year, 2012? <laughs> Xenoblade. <laughs> Zen- yeah, well, no, that, yeah. but that, I guess that was this year, wasn't it? Okay, yeah, yeah it's got it. Well, I, but we disqualify that with NWR, well, don't we? Yeah, because I it mean, because we include the world. So, if it was disqualified, I'd probably go Rhythm Heaven Fever then. Um, I would say I think I would say Mario Party Nine. Wow. Okay. What would you, I mean? Because uh, I think that as far as our site-wide stuff, yeah, Xenoblade was in last year's uh, like our our ten games that we liked. Yeah. So that's that's out for this year. I guess the last story, the last story would count for this year. Um, I still yeah, haven't played that. True. I bought that fucking game the day it came out. Still haven't touched it. Really should. Hear good things about it. Yeah, I heard it's not as good as Xenoblade though. So no. who knows? Few things out. Yeah, I th- I'd say Mario Party Nine would probably, which is ironic because I don't own it, but I I had so much fun with it when I played it. <laughs> it is really good actually. To be fair, I think the only two Wii games I bought all year were. Last story in Xenoblade, and I haven't played one of them. You didn't get Rhythm Heaven? Yeah. No, I didn't. Well, what I did with both Rhythm Heaven and Mario Party 9 was when we got the review copy, it's like, you know, I'd get it, get home from work, and then, like, I'd have that sitting for me at the door, and I'd send it the next morning, but that night, I'd play the hell out of it. Mario Party 9 also happened to come in on a Friday. So, you know, I, 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 had, a, I had a friend or two over, and we played a lot of Mario Party 9, and it was great. And Rhythm Heaven, I got, like, halfway through it, but... As much as I respect the Rhythm Heaven games, they just, I don't know, they don't grab me as much as, as much as other games do. I think it kind of stems from the fact that I think I like more, like, songs in my Rhythm games as opposed to, like, levels that you go through. I mean, it was the issue that I had with Rhythm Thief, too, where, like, you know, theater, theater rhythm really I adored because it was songs that I was going through. I love Rock Band. Rock Band's probably one of my favorite games ever. But, you know, Rhythm Thief fell short. I've never really gotten into... Like, I like the lead beat agents, but I basically... I mean, but that was another song one, too. Yeah. But... And yeah. also, are we going to do a Wii U best, you know, game of the year? I guess we will, right? Yeah. I mean, it'll probably just be the launch games. Yeah, I would think so. So. I mean, I mean, yeah, because last year, what we did for the, the game of the year stuff for the site is we basically just picked ten games across every platform. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably do that again this year. Yeah. We we haven't talked much about it, but you know that'll become probably December. We'll start figuring all that out. But I assume we'll probably do what we did last year, where we kind of pick the our, our ten our collective ten favorite. Yeah, regardless, um, we, of we like doing platform. those those ten favorite things because, I mean, it's unlike other sites where we we don't have the time or resources to play every game. So you'd have those very skewed lists where it's like, well, the new Mario game, even though. Not everyone loved it is gonna be like number one because everyone played it. Right, so it's on everyone's list, yeah. Yeah, whereas the last story in Xenoblade, because not everyone played it, that'll probably be lower. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, not even, you can even see that on our Wii Top 10 list, where there's some games that, it's like the people who actually played it love the shit out of it, like Trauma Team, but not everyone played it. The third party list definitely suffered from that. The most. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a good reason to make a third-party list, because with our first list, I think there was, like, what, oh, two yeah. third-party games on it? I, I think in the, in the top ten, there were no third-party games there. None? I thought there was at yeah. least one, but I guess well, I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, I think we just took it by strict nominations yeah. for uh, 
for that list. It's like there. I think the highest third party game was like fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. And I think that might have been Resident Evil, which then like was ridiculous because it was our top ten GameCube. That's why we <laughs> gave it a lifetime achievement award. But yeah. anyway, back to nineteen ninety six. So, a different at, time. Yes, at this time, uh, Patrick was little. Scott and I were still pretty little. I think at this point, I, I owned a Game Boy. I think I had a Sega Genesis. Yeah, I had a Sega Genesis and a Game Boy, and I would play Super Nintendo games at friends' houses. That was that was about. Oh wow. That was about it at this See, point. See, I, I I never owned a Super Nintendo up until 1995. I got mine very very late. I was a Genesis kid. Yeah, um, so here. I didn't play a lot of these late games because I was mostly just like playing through Earthbound and Super Metroid and Mario World and all these games that I just hadn't had a chance to play yet. Chrono Trigger. Yeah. So yeah, like I had a, I, you know, like people who lived down the street that they had a Super Nintendo, and I would play the hell out of Super Mario World over there and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think it was I'm trying to think of, it, it still would have been like a year or so away from when I I, I met my uh, what I mean I'm still like best friends with them to this day. But my friend Joe, who I, I will likely be writing a blog about for our Mario RPG week next week, um, how uh, I started becoming friends with him, and then we would play Super Mario RPG, and I think collectively, over the span of like two years, we probably sat down and played through it like two or three times, and he played it many more times besides that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but uh, the first game that we're going to go over is actually a game that only came out in Japan in 1996, but it's a very, very important game. <laughs> I, I think it might still... I don't know. This and Super Mario 64 would be the most important games that were released in 1996. And that well, would be Pokemon... I, I don't know. I mean, Pokemon Green and Pokemon Red came out in Japan in February 1996. I think you're ignoring the role that Killer Instinct Gold played oh, of uh, course. in revitalizing the fighting genre. But I suppose Pokemon's kind of important. Um, Yeah, awesome games. I was always confused why we didn't get green out here, why they changed it to blue. Well, the whole reason is, is that, like, they were, like, these games are actually different. What we're more accustomed to is basically what was then Pokemon Blue. Um. Oh. Because, uh, basically, um, I think Blue, I'm actually looking it up right now, but Blue came out in, I think, 1997. And that basically, you know, refined the game, and then that was the version that then got made into Pokemon Red and Blue as we know it. Oh, weird. I didn't know that. I think some of our more Poke-fanatic staff members would know more about it. Yeah. That was something that I had no idea about until I happened to notice it, I think, when I was putting this list together a couple months ago. Oh, jeez. Yeah, see, I thought they just renamed Green Blue for some reason and went with that. That was always what I thought. Yeah. What are some of the differences? I I, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's fine if, if anyone wants to write in and tell us all the differences because I'm, I'm not that big of a Pokemon fan to retain all that but it was just kind of like balancing stuff I think and some improved like you know there might have been some glitches that were fixed just weird that Missing No is still in it I was going to say yeah, it was a really glitchy game to begin with yeah I mean even the, the US version so I, I love that game so much so good so good I, I don't I don't even want to think about how many hours I put into that as yeah a kid. I, I think I've replayed Pokemon red and blue probably five or six times throughout my life and mm-hmm. that that was because ba- basically uh, I, I played I owned Pokemon red and well I own I, I got Pokemon blue and then my brother's friend gave me Pokemon red and then he stole my copy of Pokemon blue what? <laughs> So I bought Pokemon Blue, and then I wound up with Pokemon Red. The superior um, version. Yes, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I always had Red. 
I, I got blue because my friend got red. That was that was my entire logic. That well, yeah, you, you had we did a lot that, of trading. Yeah. But so you were one of those kids who eventually owned both copies and just traded with yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, I recall. Um, I have vivid memories of a of a Thanksgiving at my my like my grandpa's where I was sitting off to the side with two Game Boys hooked up by a link cable, and I got borrowed one from my brother, so I could do that. You lonely bastard. Yeah. I mean, ever, like, it was one of those, it was one of those Thanksgivings where, like, I was the only kid. So it's like, you know, like, 10 year old me with, like, a bunch of people that were probably 15 plus years older than me all around me. Yeah. But yeah, let's move on to the first relevant Nintendo published North American release, which didn't happen until May, which is kind of ridiculous, but we should be relatively familiar with this game because it came out on the 3DS Virtual Console this year, and that's Kirby's Block Ball, which I liked a hell of a lot more than Pinball Land as far as weird Kirby offshoots on the Game Boy go. I agree with you completely. I, I got both on the Virtual Console and the 3DS, and yeah. Block Ball by far was better. I mean, Block Ball's still weird. I mean, it's the, it's the breakout clone, or I guess the, the, the Kirby-influenced breakout game. Um and it's still got some weird issues to it. I mean, it is, it's a little janky in spots, but it's a lot of fun. It's got a lot of cool ideas. But yeah, I did not play this game until this year, though. So, it went by me. Yeah, same here. But then the next game that came out in May is very, very clearly my favorite game ever. And that is Super wow. Mario RPG. Is this really your favorite game ever? Yeah, yeah, I can I mean, I know there's problems with it, but I, I love it so dearly. I don't know if there's any RPG that I've played nearly this many times. Um, I've probably beaten Super Mario RPG somewhere in the ballpark of 10 to 15 times in my life. That's crazy to me. Cause, cause when I, when I tried this game, I couldn't get into it. When, when did you try it? It was after I'd probably, I'd already played Paper Mario's and Mario and Luigi and stuff. Yeah. And then I went back to it on the Wii Virtual Console. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. I, I know, like, you know what, like, the graphics don't look as good now and stuff like that. But for me, I think, I, I, I mean, as I was talking about a little earlier, like, this game is part of the reason why I'm as into video games as I am. So, like, I recognize that other people might not like it as much as me because it, it hits a very, very sweet spot for me. In which, like, this is this is how I went from being a fan of video games to being crazy nuts over it. My friend had a strategy guide. We would pour all over it. <laughs> um, and, like, I mean, it was because of this game that I was waiting with bated breath for Paper Mario. Yeah. But oddly enough, I never really got into the Mario and Luigi games until much later. There but, was something there was something very special about this game. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's still there. I mean, I, I could see, like, Patrick, going to it now might be kind of difficult. But I still think it's got some charm. I think if you if you get into it a few hours, I think it'll ensnare you the way it did when we were all kids. Yeah, um, and, I, and I also distinctly remember, I mean, Patrick, I don't think you would remember how, like, Best Buys were set up at this time. But, Scott, you might how, I mean, th- th- maybe this was just in my area, but there were Best Buys that would have, like, fucking giant things in the middle of the store that they would have, like, you know, it'd be almost like pillars, and at the top of the pillar, it would be, like, multiple TVs showing Super Mario 64 running. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they'd have off to the side, they'd have, like, you know, all the different Super Nintendo games. I guess looking at this list, like, Super RPG was there. I think, uh, because Yoshi's Island came out in 95, that would be there. Mm. And, I mean, that was my first exposure to a lot of those games, and I just remember, like, parents would go to other stores, and I would just stay there and check out <laughs> all those games. Yeah. That shit was the best. They used to go really crazy with all those yeah, displays. Yeah, I, I really, like, 
I think to me that that will always be the, the like the best video game display in a store ever because it would just like you would walk into the store and you'd be like, oh shit, they're fighting King Babam at Super Mario 64. Yeah. Man, what a good game. Yeah, I, I, not in 1996, but one of my distinct memories the first time playing a Super Nintendo was at a Sears, actually, and they had a little video game department, and they had a display with a Super Nintendo with, like, Super Mario World completely playable. It wasn't even, like, a demo version. It was just the full game there, and, like, it, it was, our Sears here was attached to the mall, so my mom would just go walk around the mall, and I would, I just sat there for, like, an hour and a half and played Mario World. I played through up until you get to Hyrule Castle Town for the first time in a long oh time God. at a Sears. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's wow. the kind of thing where, like, I mean, my 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 mother, as most most mothers probably do, uh, shop a lot and take their sweet ass time. So she went to Sears and J.C. Penney and all those places, and I just was like, oh, what's this Zelda game? I heard it's really cool. Like, this wasn't really on my radar at all. Like, I mean, Link to the Past kind of came out when I was too young, and I hadn't really gone back. I think I played the original at this point, but that was, I mean, that's hard as shit. Like, yeah, it was cool, but it was it wasn't exactly like you know waiting with bated breath for this new 3D version of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just sat there and played like literally the entire first dungeon and was just like, oh, this is really neat. <laughs> That's pretty Hyrule Castle Town, and then like got stuck, and then then we had to leave. Now, Patrick's Patrick similarly is this kind of how you experienced uh, Wii Sports for the first time? Like you're probably eight <laughs> or nine, enrolled into a, a GameStop and. Played bowling for the first time and knew you had to have a, one of these things called a Wii. That's, that's exactly how it played out. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling. I, at, at that same Sears display, I remember playing a Virtual Boy and and like being completely baffled by it. I tweeted but, this, but but this week I was watching um, Runaway Bride with Tabby as we had a romantic comedy night, and a hotel clerk plays Virtual Boy um, in that movie. And this movie came out in 1999, yeah. so pretty I recall amazing. at Disney World in Interventions at Epcot. Um, they have like some like create a roller coaster thing you can go on. Oh yeah, yeah, and I it, love those. Th- there is a uh, there is a virtual boy in the background of that, and I saw <laughs> that and just pointed to it excitedly because I was like, I just got one. This is awesome. <laughs> I know. I instantly thought about that picture. I think Lauren uploaded it to Twitter of like yeah. she's like, this is the man I married or something, and it's just yep. like you with your face stuck into the virtual boy. Right now I have two because one of them broke, and then I took a flyer on one that just had the headset, and that works. But like you have to do this convoluted thing where you like. Uh, like, expose one of the things and, like, put it in an oven for a little bit because it needs to, like, heat up the glue what? and then it needs to reset. Like, dude, Virtual Boys are fucked up. Like, I'm, I'm still going for my, you know, getting the entire North American set of games. <laughs> the catalog, which at this yeah. point, Which at this point, you know, I have, like, 14, so I'm almost done. Jesus. Like, what I, a waste. I mean, at, at this point, all I really need are the expensive ones, and it's just, like, I, I mean, I got all the cheap ones I could. Yeah, I think the most I spent. I think I might have spent like twenty bucks on a game or something, but most of them are pretty cheap. I got I got several of them in new in box. Like, really, that's insane. There, there's an article I did an unboxing of Telero Boxer when I first got my virtual <laughs> boy. I, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's so disgusting. But yeah, Super Mario RPG, awesome game. Yeah, I, mean, I, I I have it downloaded on the virtual console, but never really played it. I want to kind of go back and do that. that that's now. I mean, I got like halfway through it because I used to. It was kind of like a ritual where once I I got a Super Nintendo finally of my own in like 2001, 2002, and uh, I, I I one of the first games I got was Super Mario RPG, and um, I played through it every year. And then once I started 
writing for Nintendo World Report, that stopped happening because I didn't. I, I would be more focused on reviewing games as opposed to yeah. just replaying old shit. I played for tons fun, of times yeah. already. Yeah. I, I will say about Super Mario RPG compared to some of the more recent Mario RPG games, you can really feel Square's uh, influence when it comes to difficulty. Yeah. I think Super Mario RPG is actually a pretty hard and challenging game. Especially as you get further on. Like, I remember those, the stupid Power Rangers always gave me trouble. Yeah, some Rangers. Oh, they're yeah. so good. They were awesome. And, like, just some of the later battles. It actually gets pretty challenging. Yeah. Um, and I, I, which love I appreciate. The, I love the localization in this game, too. Um, and I mean, it was just for me, you know, as a, as a person who was becoming fans of, you know, Square Enix's games, or I guess Squaresoft at this time. Yeah. And being like, they're working with Nintendo on a Mario RPG? This is amazing. It's like the Chrono Trigger scope of that being the Dream Team didn't really hit me until I kind of like went back and played more Dragon Quest and stuff like that. Yeah. But this hit me right away where it was like the guys who make Mario are working with the guys who make Final Fantasy. That is crazy. <laughs> and like, I think we talked a little, bit, a little bit last week in our listener mail segment, but while the, the localization here I don't think is quite, um, is quite on par with you know, some of the more recent Mario games, I think you still get a lot of the, uh, the influence. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, like, poking fun at itself, um, you know, a lot of, like, making fun of Mario's mustache and making him jump to prove that he's Mario and just these little things that I think you yeah. kind of get that influence now, this sort of, like, comical and, like, almost satirical look at, at and Mario's aw- universe. awesome characters, too. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want Geno back? I mean, come yeah. on. Or Jinx. Jinx, I remember yeah, when Jinx Brawl sure. was coming out, that's all I heard was Gino for Brawl. Oh god! I, ever, ever ever since the original, yeah, it's always yeah. like someone makes a fake screenshot with like Gino's silhouette, and it's like he's gonna be in it this time. Up in, up until probably like 2003, I called him Gino because I just didn't know any better. And then someone I, I referenced Gino when talking to someone. They're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> It doesn't even make sense. It's not like there's, like, a tilde on yeah. the E. <laughs> I mean, it's just, like, it, I mean, it just comes from, like, when I first played this game, I was, like, eight, and I was dumb. <laughs> Mario. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, hey. That, that's, that's, that's how we do in New York. Yeah. Hey, Geno. <laughs> yeah. Geno. Right. Um, so, the next game, uh, it's a shorter list. That's why we're taking our sweet-ass time. But the next game is yeah. June 96. Ken Griffey Jr.'s winning run, which uh, was the second release. There was Major League Baseball, or Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball. I forget what all the different names are. I mean, this series was made by uh, Rare on the Super Nintendo. The first one came out the year before, and that was Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball. Then, or it came out two years before. Pardon me, I'm getting my, my years all mixed up. And then this one came out in 1996, Ken Griffey Jr.'s winning run. And this one, like the previous one, did not actually have the Major League Baseball license. So, oh, wow. uh, courtesy of the Wikipedia, I have some of the, the humorous, phony names. Oh, awesome. Um, so for David Justice, who, you know, I don't know if either of you guys really give a shit about baseball, so these names might be lost on you. Um, but, uh, David Justice was Frank Liberty. <laughs> uh, Frank Thomas, you know, perennial Chicago White yes. Sox. His nickname was the Big Hurt. Or the yeah. Big Hurt, and his yeah. name in this was Big Magoo. Nice. <laughs> Tino Tino Martinez was named Viper Ramirez. Barry Bonds <laughs> was named Muscles McPhee. Wow. Cal Ripken Jr. was named Lou Jr. Randy Johnson was Bolt Lightning, and Hideo Nomo, who was called the Tornado, was a uh, that was or you know Tatsumaki, that was his nickname. Uh, his name was Typhoon Karoi. 
That's amazing. What about the team names? Were there any like funny like puns? Well, the, well, they had well, they had all like that. They had the I guess they had the major league license, but not the players' association. Oh, okay. Because Griffey's also in this game, and of course Griffey is just a fucking god. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and this had the weird thing where because uh, I guess this was the year. I guess it would have been like the season before the expansion teams, uh, the Tampa Bay the Tampa Bay Devil Rays and the Arizona Diamondbacks. But if you played through an entire season. Then you could play against the the Rays and the Diamondbacks, which is weird. Oh, weird! So like they have them in there even though they weren't necessarily yeah. in the league yet. Yep. Weird. Um. So yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I I never really played the rare developed games too much until uh, you know I got the Super Nintendo and I had a friend who was selling off his Super Nintendo collection and I was like, okay, I'll try this baseball game. They have like some fun stuff where I think it's like if there's a called third strike, the guy like turns around. And looks at that, looks at like the umpire behind it. He was like, "Come on!" Tries to argue the call. Yeah, um, but I, I do very much like the Nintendo 64 sequels, which were made by Angel Studios, otherwise known as Rockstar San Diego. Right, I knew you liked those. I know you've talked about yeah. those before. Um, so the next game on our list was a Super Nintendo Game Boy Dual release, and that's Tetris Attack. Came out so in August good. 1996. A fantastic game. Yes. Yeah, this is a really, really great game. Love Tetris Attack. I, I actually sold my cartridge. I play it from time to time. Yeah. So good. Um, what's the um? What's the first iteration of this actual puzzle game called? Uh, Panel to Pond. Or yeah, it's, it's it, now known as Puzzle League in North Puzzle, America. Well, yeah, yeah. Cause, and then they because they did it's the same thing with the uh, the Pokemon one, right? Yep. It's the same game. Yeah. But this is great. I mean, yeah, with the complete like Yoshi's Island motif and everything. It's very pleasant uh, to look at and to play. Love it. Yeah, because this is, I mean, this is the original version of the game. It was just rebranded um, yeah. and called Tetris Attack. Which is kind of weird. It has nothing to do with Tetris. Yeah. I mean, it's not at all a Tetris game, but that's okay. But it's great. I just love all the Yoshi's. I mean, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Yoshi. I'm still obsessed with yeah. Yoshi, so this was, like, perfect for me. I do. I mean, I just love some of the sound effects that the characters make when you're playing yeah. it. Yeah, it's a very, very awesome game. Yep. Have you ever played this game, Patrick? No. <laughs> you, you should. I, well, it's not on Virtual Console, is it? It's not. No, no. I, I yeah. played, I played a uh, Pokemon Puzzle League. And yeah. You said it's similar to. I that. mean, it's it's a it's the exact same style okay. of game. I mean, yeah, just, the game plays the same. It's just dressed all in Yoshi's Island. Yeah, I mean, there's a very I there's love a Yoshi's certain Island. there's a certain charm to this game that's not really yeah. matched in any future Puzzle League iterations. Mm-mm. Um, I've never actually played Pokemon Puzzle League. I, I've been always tempted to try it out because I do really, really enjoy uh, Panel the Pond games. It's on the Virtual Console. It is, yeah. yeah. And I, I think we've talked about this before um, in probably Jeopardy, maybe, or maybe NintendoWare. I but, think um, so. Uh, Pokemon Puzzle League is one of only like two games that had um, like full motion video in it yeah. uh, for the Nintendo 64. It was um, it was that, and then it was Resident Evil 2 when they ported that. Yep. So... There's a little trivia nugget for you. So now we're getting into the, the busy time of the year. Uh, September was a very, very busy month, mostly because the Nintendo 64 launched at the end of it. But before the, the same month the Nintendo 64 came out, we had a, a big Game Boy release and a big Super Nintendo release. The big Game Boy release was Donkey Kong Land 2 for the Game Boy. came in a yellow cartridge. Mm-hmm. Um, also had, you know, things for the Super Game Boy. Uh, I had this game when I was younger, and um, it, 
I think at this point, I don't know how much of the Super Nintendo Donkey Kong Country games I've really played at this point. I know I got this game when it was relatively new. Um, but it's basically like a slightly revamped version of Donkey Kong Country 2. Right, and they did the same thing with Donkey Kong, the first Donkey Kong Land. I mean, it was essentially yeah. the, the Donkey Kong Country, but just with some tweaks to, I guess, I don't know, make it all fit on a Game Boy game. Yeah. I don't know. And then there was also, there was a Donkey Kong Land 3 that came out the next year, which I guess kind of goes with the, you know, Super Mario Land motif. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I guess I didn't even really think but about these, that. But these aren't really original games. They're, I mean, they're shrunken down ports made by Rare. If I remember correctly, they actually looked pretty good, though, yeah, for, they you know, for great Game, Game Boy for, games. And they, they ran very well, too. I mean, yeah. like, I'm, I know I definitely played, I don't know if, I might have owned one and just played two, or vice mm-hmm. versa. I forget. I know I never played three, but I, I, I really enjoyed playing one and two. Um, yeah, yeah, they were pretty sweet. Yeah, I would just recommend at this point just playing Donkey Kong Country on a Virtual Console or Super Nintendo, or just play Donkey Kong Country Returns because it's the best one of all of them. So good. Didn't they eventually release was one of the Donkey Kong Country games on Game Boy Advance? No, the, the first think... Donkey Kong Country was on Game Boy Advance. Okay. Yeah, I, I yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, there were there were ports to Game Boy Advance on them. Um, it seems weird that they'd uh, port the Super Nintendo game to the Game wait, Boy. As far as I can tell, it was yeah. ported to like Donkey Kong Country One was ported to the Game Boy Color in 2000 as well. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Of. <laughs> Which maybe is it was... weird. There's definitely a Game Boy Advance version though. Yeah, oh, th- okay. there is. Weird. It is weird. Yeah, I mean you've got these spin-off games that are essentially ports, and then you just port the real game over yeah. anyway. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so there are a lot of versions of Donkey Kong Country out there. <laughs> yeah. At least it's such a good game, I can tell. so it deserves it. I don't know. <laughs> Uh-oh, I, we're going to get into this debate? I mean, uh, I that I That know. is my Super Mario RPG. <laughs> for, for me, I mean, I I think the third Donkey Kong Country is, is pretty terrible, and I don't think anyone will really argue me on that one. Um, I never got into But that one and two, I don't know, it's just like... When you line them up to the other Super Nintendo platformers like Super Mario World and Yoshi's Island, they just they don't compare for me. They're they're not bad. I just don't think they hold up that well, and I, I don't think they're they're that great on the whole. I think it was kind of like a spectacle thing when they came out and everyone got wowed by it. Yeah, I, I think they don't maybe quite play as well as like Mario World or Yoshi's Island, but I think they're different enough that you can still appreciate them. Um, and I, I actually, I really like 2. I think 2 is still I think really, two, really 2 is definitely the best of that, that original trilogy. And I think just, just the presentation of it, um, you know, and just the, the music. And the the mu- the, uh, I yeah, still, I, I can't, I can't do, yeah. hate on the music at all. The music is superb. Right, I'll probably open this segment now. Or, well, no, I can't. Maybe I'll put some just in the middle here, because I want to open the segment with another top, you know, chart hit from yeah. 2. Go, go try to dig up some but... music from Donkey Kong Land 2. Or I, or I oh, guess yeah. you can find stuff from Donkey Kong Country 3, because that came out later in the year.
Hey, but but you, the listener, leave something in the comments. Donkey Kong Country, the series as a whole on the Super Nintendo, uh, still holds up or yeah, overrated? Yeah, I can definitely go for that debate sometime soon. We might have had it on our previous newscast episode, or even kind of. Oh, I'm sure it's been. I'm sure yeah. it's been done a million times. It's yeah. it's like how with the new Paper Mario game coming out, you know, we we we've already had this fight about Paper Mario versus Mario Luigi. <laughs> it'll it'll always come back around, and we'll always argue it. But. Zach's not yeah. here to fight you. This now we're time. talking about 1996. <laughs> and on September 20th, 1996, Kirby Superstar hit Super Nintendo, which is another game that received quite a, or well, I guess only one big, big port. But, uh, I really, really dug this game. So good. Yeah. So good. I mean, there's some, some of the many games that aren't necessarily that great, but like Revenge of Meta Knight, like, oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, me and my cousin would kind of make it a point to play through this the whole the entire thing like every six months <laughs> or so, um, and we would play through the uh, the gauntlet a lot. That was our favorite yeah. mode. It just it puts you up against every single boss battle in the game, and you have to just make it as far as you can before you just completely die. But I mean, I just love the sheer variety in, in Kirby Superstar. It's just it's just a very very fun game. And the DS port, which came out I think three years ago, that was that was a very good port. Um, it added some new things and. Just you know, it's a great game to have on the go. Yeah, absolutely. And I think is I think Kirby Superstars on it the is. Kirby Collection, yeah. right? Yeah. The so Kirby Collection. Too. If you haven't played many Kirby games or it's been a while, superb value of forty dollars. Like, I mean, I guess it's just basically all those games. Probably the the value of them all on Virtual Console. I forget what the math is, but even still, I mean, you get. Kirby's Dreamland 1 through 3, you get Superstar, you get Kirby's Adventure, and you get Kirby 64, which I, I assume we'll do with that Nintendo year involving the year that that game came out, and I will defend that game very, very much. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I've replayed that game, I think, three times at this point, and I've enjoyed it every time. Well, I think it's better than Yoshi's Story. Oh, so. yeah. And I, I still kind of like Yoshi's Story, too. Yeah, I do, I do too. But um, you know, I wonder playing through that collection if you really if that just Kirby's a whole begins to really wear thin. I feel like unlike Mario, um, and well, I guess just Mario really, like Kirby didn't really differentiate he, itself very much from game to at game. At least as far as the platformers go. I mean, that's part of the reason. Like, yeah. I played through Kirby's Return to Dreamland, but I was kind of bored of it by like halfway through. Yeah, I think um, whatever the um. Epic Yarn was a, was a much yeah, better Yeah, I, I mean, it, because it was different, and you look at, like, Kirby Mass Attack, like, that game was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, Kirby Kirby works well in when he's in more abstract settings than just straight-up platformers. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so the next game, we get to the N64 launch, and I guess the day that the N64 came out, um, at least the dates that I have down, and these might be slightly off, I mean, when the system launched, it was Mario 64 and Pilot Wings, right? Or, or was there some yeah. some kind of difference? No, it was it it was it was those two games alone. So yeah, the, these date the dates on here have to be wrong. Yeah. Um, but at the end of September, Super Mario 64 and Pilot Wings 64 came out, and I I didn't get a Nintendo 64 until March 1997 for my for my birthday. <laughs> um, but Oof. I did have a neighbor down the road who got Super Mario 64, and I remember playing with Mario's face for, like, days, and they oh, finally man. playing yeah, the game. Oh, man, yeah, totally. Yeah, that face thing was great. You know, I always I always kind of look at this game, and I think about how people really like the hub worlds in the uh, the 3D 
Mario platformers and, you know, how people were kind of upset there wasn't a hub world, really, in Galaxy 2. And I always think, like, that charm's kind of worn off. I don't think you need a hub world anymore. But with Mario 64, it was just, it, I mean, it was fun just to run around as Mario. Yeah. You know, it was a whole new feeling. And so having the ability to just, like, not even be in a level, but to just be able to run and jump and slide and all these things, like, it was fun. I mean, you would just waste time doing that. I mean, I remember just putting Mario in a corner and, like, having fun, like, rotating the camera around him and, like, trying to get the camera stuck inside of him and stuff. You know, it's like, why did I do that? It's so stupid. <laughs> but, yeah. like, at the time, it was just something you'd never done before. And like you said, even just fucking with his face on the main screen. Oh, like, so I would do that all the time. I think even Nintendo Power, like, when you do send in, like, your funniest, like, face creation and then they'd, like, you know, feature it in the magazine. Um, It's just, yeah, I don't know. It was just crazy. It was a, a whole new way of playing games. See, for me, I don't really think the hub world's gone out of style. I mean, there was a pretty big disconnect for me with how kind of, like, stupid the hub world was in Super Mario Galaxy 2. Like, because they still had it there, it, just, it was not needed. And there's something about exploring a world and going through that, that overworld, even if it's, you know, you know, like that, uh, whatever it is in Galaxy 1 or the castle in Super Mario 64, where there's, like, things to find in there, and that it's almost like this, this big level in itself. And, and there's yeah. always that, that thing that really appealed to me, because I think of whenever I go back to Super Mario 64 and how it, it is a game that, I will always bust open and just like enjoy playing for a couple hours every every once in a while, and that doesn't really work with many other games. And I think it has a lot to do with like just the world that it creates. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was just there was such a sense of wonder in Super Mario 64 that oh yeah, really. I mean, I feel like a lot of developers, Nintendo included, have have been trying to reach that same that same high point since, and I think they got very very close to reaching that same. High point with Super Mario Galaxy. I agree. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of wonder with yeah. Galaxy, and just I mean the way it played with gravity was was sort of on par with you know the way Mario sixty four played with three dimensions. Yeah. I think. Anyway. I mean, I think I think that's where Sunshine kind of failed a little bit was because it it felt more like a side story than this kind of like epic the the epic grandeur that that Mario sixty four and, and Galaxy kind of presented. Right. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. bad. It just wasn't noteworthy. You know, it didn't do yeah. something mo- momentous. And I think that's why the Mario 3D platformer has sort of slowed down. Like, who knows when we'll even see one on Wii U. Because um, I, I think they want to make it, you know, a Hallmark game. And that's not just something you can do every two years. <laughs> so, Patrick, but yeah, I, I assume you did not play this game when you were three years old. When did you first play Mario 64? <laughs> I hope it wasn't the DS version. It, it was yeah. the DS version. Oh, oh. <laughs> em- embarrassingly, the first time I ever owned this game was the DS version. Neil, you bastard. Well, because I didn't get the game until, like, or I didn't get the system until, like, March 97. At that point, like, I had fucking beaten this game right. at friends' right. houses. Yeah, exactly. So, Patrick, did you did you play this on your DS with that awesome thumb strap that it came with? Oh, I did. Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I tried using that like twice and then just gave up and just played it and dealt with the D-pad. But I mean, I still, the DS version is still very, very good and I like the additions that they made. With the char- different characters and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, it just made it feel a little bit different. It would have been cool if you could like, after beating it, you'd unlock like classic mode or something where you just played through that the regular cool. game. That would be cool. But, what are you going to do? Is it that much different on the DS as compared to the original release? Well, you, you don't like. I mean, all you play is, is Mario. Yeah. You don't unlock any characters or anything. There, like that. There's, I mean, there's no... definitely some added things to kind of, you know, I guess make use of the different characters, different abilities. 
But for the most part, it, it is the same game, just with kind of like added things, as far as I remember. I think, but I think the like the N sixty four version is just so pure. Yeah, that, you know, I I don't like all the added stuff. I I mean, I it, it's like a kind of game that like I don't think Mario sixty four on DS really had to exist, but it's okay that it existed. Yeah. I guess I that was a weird game. It was it totally just didn't utilize the system at yeah. all. <laughs> you know, it didn't it didn't show off <laughs> what the system could do. It was just like here's a game that kind of doesn't work because it's missing the one thing that like was such a huge deal when this game originally came out, which is you know analog control. You know, it's um, funny. That's probably by far my favorite game that came out on the DS until like Canvas Curse. Well, right, because it was still a good yeah, game. It's still a great even though, game, even though it didn't really fit. But yeah, it just yeah. didn't really like. It wasn't a proof of concept for the DS, that's for sure. I mean, it looked nice. That's what Canvas Game Curse Boy was. Game, but, oh, yeah, for sure. Canvas Curse and... Um, Meteos. Yoshi, I, even, like, like Yoshi's what, Touch and Go. Uh, I, re- I remember... Uh, I enjoyed the crap out of Yoshi's Touch and Go for, like, five days. Yeah. I read a, a Jeremy Parrish's uh, preview for Nintendo Land today, and I think he made a good point that he, he kind of likens some of what Nintendo Land does to... Um, what like the some of those early DS games? Yeah. Were, they were sort of like just proof of concept, and they were just fun to play because it was a new way to play games. Yep. And how like those games though today wouldn't exist because with like iOS, there's no way you could get away charging thirty dollars for yeah. Touch and Go anymore. You know, dude, I'm still waiting for but... Touch and Go on eShop. Like that, make it happen. Like reskin oh, yeah. it with that fucker from Dylan's Rolling Western or whatever. I don't care. Just make Yoshi's <laughs> Touch and Go exist again. <laughs> don't don't do that. Don't do Dylan's Rolling Western. But yeah, just make, make it. It'll be like Dylan's Rolling Western, but good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like the characters a lot in that game. It's just the gameplay kind of sucked. Um, but I I feel like with Pilot Wing sixty four, it's kind of overshadowed because of Super Mario sixty four. Did did either? Well, Patrick, you obviously didn't play it at the time, but yeah. have you played Pilot Wing sixty four? And Neil, no, did you the, ever really play the it? The first time I played it was at the first Pax East. Wow, okay. Yeah, I just, I mean, I I never owned it, and I got, when I got my Super Nintendo in, like, 2002, I got the Super Nintendo Pilot Wings. I really, really enjoyed that. And it was just, like, I didn't really have any friends that had Pilot Wings 64, and I remember talking to someone, I think it was, our, coincidentally, right before that PAX East, and I wound up being in the retro gameplay room being like, you know what, I wonder if they have this. And I played it with a friend of mine, and we had a, we had a ball with it. Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's a fantastic game, and it still it really, really holds up. I think so too. Um, now I've told my story a few times of how I got Nintendo 64. I'm not going to retell it. Um, you know, you've probably heard it, but I got mine around Christmas time. But much like your friend Neil, my my cousin always got things right away. So yeah. when the N64 came out, he immediately had both of these games. And uh, while we spent most of our time with Mario 64, there was something special about Pilot Wings, in kind of the same way that Mario 64 was just sort of fun to mess around in. Yeah. Um, Pilot Wing struck me as that, you know, like we never felt like compelled, like we had to beat levels or progress, you know, through the game and unlock things. It was kind of fun just to, just to play it, you know, just to sit down and, and just kind of take our time and just enjoy it, you know. Honestly, it was a very I, unique game. With, with all the, the reviewing I've done over the past couple of years, I missed that. That's a lot of fun just fucking around in a game. Yeah, yeah, we don't really get that opportunity <laughs> much anymore. Uh, so, so Patrick, did you ever play Pilot Wing 64 or no? No, you, we're in a stretch right here where I didn't get an N64 until about a year and a half ago. <laughs> Holy crap, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Most of these N64 games I never got the chance to ever yeah. play. Well, I mean, I remember Wave Race 64 being kind of fun, but for me, I, n- I didn't really play the series until Wave Race Blue Storm on GameCube, which is amazing still yeah. to this day. Yeah. I feel. 
Yeah. Uh, Wave Race 64 was like the next N64 release in November. So there was two games and then a month off. And that was that was a big problem. I mean, there was a lot to do in Super Mario 64, thankfully. You know, and, and it was so much fun just to mess around and you didn't quite notice it. But this wouldn't fly today. I mean, yeah. well, people are complaining about the Wii U launch. And, I mean, it has more games the first day it comes out than the N64 had in its first, like, six months. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But Wave Race 64 was, was beautiful. I mean, much in the way the GameCube game was really, you know, exciting and looked great. I think the N64 game looked great, too. And... Was, was was exciting for, you know, as sort of simple a concept as it is. Yeah, I mean, just kind of looking at this to kind of highlight how barren the N64 was in 1996. So it came out at the, at the end of September, September 29th. And as far as I can tell, there were two games published in North America that weren't published by Nintendo. And both of those were by uh, Midway. It was Mortal Kombat Trilogy and Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey. Yes. <laughs> Which, Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey, pretty pretty awesome at the time. Oh, I yeah, had it's, a, like, it's it's NBA Jam, but with hockey. Yeah, it, I, in college, um, I like, went to a used video game store, and one of my friends bought it because he's like, oh, this was awesome. So we hooked up the N64 and played it, and we're like, this is not awesome in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> a lot has changed. We have grown you know, up. If you're looking for something sort of similar, it's not great either, so I wouldn't download it unless you can get it for very cheap. But on PSN, there's... um. NHL 3-on-3 hockey, it came out a couple of yeah, years was, ago. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Yeah, and I mean, it's basically the same thing, you know. I mean, the goal is just to score, like, five goals first. Um, you know, goalie, there's power-ups, you get really big or small, you can move really fast. You know, goalies get really big and small and yeah. all kinds of stuff. It was I, pretty cool. I feel like, as we mentioned, any kind of arcade sports game, I need to talk about how fucking awesome NFL Blitz was. That The NFL oh, Blitz game that man. was that, that came out on XBLA and PSN this year was incredible. And I think it might still be free on PSN Plus, yeah, or PS Plus. Um, I actually played NFL Blitz, an, an arcade at the Green Bay Airport, when I on my way back. Finally. That's awesome. Um, but the funny thing is that so I went to Green Bay two years ago for for a game, and like you know we're waiting in the airport, like some people check their bags, and I saw this Blitz machine, but it was broken. So two years ago, like we have a little time to kill before we before we finally get on the flight because of this stupid hurricane and everything. Um, I'm just like, oh, cool! I got I got 50 cents in my pocket. I'm gonna go play this, and it was actually working. And I got to play. I got to play a quarter because you had to pay 50 cents for every quarter in that game. Oh which, yeah. Oh, which you're sucks. right. It um, did suck. But I, I I was the Packers of, of 1999, so I had like Brett Favre and Robert Brooks. It was great. And we played the Broncos, and uh, it wound up being tied 7-7. I got I got points in the final final seconds. But <laughs> man, that game's great. It is. When did that come out for N64? Uh, I think 1999. Oh, wow. Or like, maybe 98. Okay. I don't know. Because I know there was a Blitz 2000. It might have, yeah, I think Blitz 99. Or it was Blitz 64. And that was 99. That was the first year the game came out, I think. What an awesome game. Those, those arcade sports games are great because they just, like, defy any interest in actual sports. Yeah. I, I've never really liked football, and I only watch it now because there's no hockey, which sucks. <laughs> but it gives me the opportunity to talk shit to Neil since yeah, I like the Bears. Me. And he likes the Packers. But, um, uh, I mean, those games like NBA Jam and Blitz, they just, they defied yeah. any interest in actual sports, and that was great. Yeah, I hate the NBA, but I love NBA Jam. Oh, yeah. Even the re-remake of NBA Jam last year or two years ago, whenever it was, is actually pretty good. I, I, I'm not as hot on it. I was really looking forward to it. I think I might have had too high of expectations for that game. Yeah. 
So the next game on Super Nintendo to come out. Uh, so the the only other North American release from Nintendo came out uh, holiday time, November twenty second. That's Donkey Kong Country Three Dixie Dixie Kong's Double Trouble. Um, that's that for those keeping score at home. There are three things that start with D in that uh that name. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah. Do you 3D. get it? Three D. There's just three. <laughs> um. But there's double trouble. I, 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 it doesn't make any sense. So in this one, you played Dixie and uh, and Donkey Kong's retarded younger cousin, Kitty Kong. <laughs> um, but what I always did love in the Donkey Kong Country games, how, you know, first first they're just trying to save the bananas, and it's, you know, Donkey and Diddy. And then in the second one, it's just like, oh, shit, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong got kidnapped. And then the third one, it's just like, oh, shit, the stars from the first game, both of them got kidnapped. Like, what are they doing? I know. Eat <laughs> a bunch of bananas. Cable comes around. Come up, come with me. <laughs> I wish they would have kept going with the series. You know, like the sixth one, it would have just been like a couple of people who like went to high school with Donkey Kong <laughs> and like don't really know the family that well, but got a call. You just play as Cranky help. Kong, just trying to save her. <laughs> yeah, you just like like what, what? This is what happened to Gino. Like what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> it's him yeah. and Mallow going to going to save him. Yeah, earlier you said you weren't too hot on this game. I think it's actually pretty good. Um, not as good as two, of course. But yeah. They tried some interesting things, like you know the world map was a lot more open. You could um, actually yeah. explore it kind of freely and find secrets and things hidden in just the the world map itself, um, which was kind That's of that's cool, what I didn't but... like about it. Because <laughs> I, I was so used to that structure from the first and second game. Right, where you just get straight to the action. Yeah. Um, and but this game was was definitely overlooked. I mean, who wanted to play a Super Nintendo game after? Then 64 launched. You know, I, I think you get that every couple of generations. Like, I think between, from the NES to the Super Nintendo, it wouldn't have been too far-fetched to, like, go back and play an NES game that came out late. But between, like, the N64 and the Super Nintendo, it's just such a huge, like, jump in technology. Yeah. It just seemed like, like, why would you want to go back and play Super Nintendo at this point? You know, not, not, at least maybe after a year or two, you'd go back and play some of your favorites. But there was no way you were going to stop playing, you know, Super Mario 64 to go play Donkey Kong 3. I mean, it's a lot of, I mean, Kind of what happened to me a little bit with the Wii, like the GameCube to the Wii, because after like playing with the Wii Remote for a little while, it was kind of weird going back to a regular controller. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, I that, can see that. Yeah, I mean, it's like the same thing with this, where going from an analog control to you know the regular regular controller was still probably a little weird too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially that controller. Can we talk a little, a little bit about our first experiences with that N sixty four controller? Everyone talks like, about how fucked up it is. I love that controller. I kind of liked it too, just because it was so weird. I mean, it, it perfectly matched the idea that you were playing games a way you never played them before, because yeah. you physically were playing them with a the device you had never even imagined <laughs> holding before. It didn't even make sense. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that always kind of made me, like, and as a kid, I never really got this, was how it seemed like they, they had that idea of, like, you would hold it in different ways depending on the game. And that, yeah. that was part of it, like, maybe for one game, you're just going to use the D-pad and the analog stick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it really quickly became where, like, the default way to hold it was, like, holding the analog stick, the center part of the trident in one yeah. hand, yeah. and then have your, your hand at the other buttons. It just didn't really make sense in any other way. No, not at all. It was interesting, but uh, it just didn't make sense. Yeah. But I, I, I will say, I had a friend, and I'm wondering if, if any of you have experience with this, but I had a friend who would hold it, you know, the left side where the D-pad was, and then actually stretch his thumb all the way over to the thumbstick. 
And that's how he played every game. He never held the middle part of the system. And I don't think he had, like, exceptionally big hands or anything. That's just, he just liked it. He just got used to it. And he would just, yeah. I mean, it just looked like he's going to, like, like just just pull something in his hand because he just had it <laughs> stretched across the whole controller. Yeah. I recall uh, having a conversation with someone, I don't know if it was either of you guys, about how, for the GameCube, there was, a, like, an EGM issue that showed oh, yeah, how yeah. one of the guys played Luigi's Mansion. And I remember seeing that and being completely baffled. And, like, when I played the game over at a friend's house the day it came out, like, we were just like, what do you do? And then he just, like, held it normally and it worked. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did talk about that before, yeah. Need to find that picture. Yeah. I, I might even have that issue somewhere with my parents. I don't know. Oh, man. Scan that shit. But, uh, so Killer Instinct Gold came out on November 25th, 1996. Uh, I've, I've been yeah. kind of trying to accumulate all of the... Nintendo 64 Rare Games. This is the one I could not find. So if anyone has a lead on it, please, please contact me. As far as I know, this shit's, like, gone. Like, this is a pretty expensive one, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's hard to um, find. Yeah, it, it's very, very rare. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, I liked this game a lot. I, I, I don't I don't think it's actually good, looking back at it now. I mean, obviously, I haven't played it, but I really enjoyed the first Killer Instinct, and my cousin bought this, too, and we played it a lot. Um. I don't actually know how good it is, like, legitimately. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever played it, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. I mean, I always just love this game because of the ridiculous combos you could string together. You could get, like, a 110-hit combo, and it was just pretty awesome. I like that. Yeah. Did you ever really play any of the Killer Instinct games, Patrick? No. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, when was, the, when was the first time you held a Nintendo 64 controller? Um, I guess it was probably when I went over to my friend's house to play Super Smash Brothers. And oh, okay. It was just like that. It was a weird situation where, like, you hold it the middle and the right side, I guess, right? Yeah, If I'm yeah. remembering correctly. Yes. Yeah. It's just weird. <laughs> so, but you did play it while the Nintendo 64 was still actually, like, in use. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I might have played Diddy Kong Racing before that. Oh, Ooh, that game get, was good. Can we just talk about that game? No. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> Alright, let's move on from Killer Instinct. Uh, the, the next game is the Midway developed, but Nintendo published Cruising USA. What, what? This yeah. game's terrible. Terrible. Well, actually, Just terrible. I don't know. I mean, the list I'm looking at on Wikipedia says that Midway published it, but yeah, Nintendo published it on the N64. Williams was in charge of the port. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is a terrible game, but I had a lot of fun with it at the time. Oh yeah, me too. I, I was just telling you guys, but if you follow me on Twitter, you probably know this, but last, uh, like around Christmas time, my girlfriend and I played through the, this old game. We dug out our N64, bought this used at like our local resale shop for like three bucks, and, uh, it's so bad. The draw distance is like two feet, and everything's just like muddy and ugly and terrible, and yeah, it's a very, very, very bad game, but at the time, I definitely loved it. Um, yeah, it's not that good. <laughs> nope. The and next released, game. Released on the same day. Yeah, released on the same day was, in my opinion, a pretty damn good game. And that is Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. Which really, I mean, I I played the hell out of this game when it came out. And I just remember really enjoying it. Although I don't think I would ever play it again. Yeah, it's kind of hard to go back to. It was very, very floaty. Um, yeah, it did not control all that well. It, it had a it had good, uh, I'm blanking it. It's too late. The, the screen where it fades away. Wilhelm screen. Oh yeah, when, storm, when stormtroopers would fall off like into chasms and stuff during like some of the, the like how you could like pits. sneak in that one level and fight the wampa, and he'd probably just fuck you up if you didn't know what you're doing. Um, all the different endings you could get. 
Which, uh, yeah, like if you beat it on the hardest difficulty, he ends up living Death Rendar, yeah. right? Which just like yep. completely changes the entire like story of yep. you know what actually happened in the uh, the Star Wars universe. Yeah, some good space battles. Um, well, the game opens up incredibly. I mean, you, you recreate the whole Battle of Hoth, yep. like the first level. Yeah, and then they continue <laughs> to do it for the next fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, no, every game has a hop level, but yeah, that was unbelievable at the time. I mean, can you just imagine that? I mean, it, it's crazy to think that earlier that year you were playing something like Super Mario RPG or Super or Kirby Superstar, and then within three or four months you were doing that, you know? Yeah. I mean, just such a huge jump. It was, it was very unbelievable. I mean, and then you, you fought Boba Fett as well. You did. You fought IG-88. IG-88, like in the junkyard? Yep, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And, uh... Well, I, I did, uh, just glancing at the Wikipedia, there's a pretty pretty good quote from the ending. So basically everyone thinks that Dash, Dash Rendar's dead, like Luke and Leia mourn his death. Um, I hope we didn't ruin Shadows of the Empire. <laughs> it's been 15 years. It's a pretty good book, too, if you ever want to read it. And comic. Yeah. Um, but his his last line is that, like, it's, you know, him and his little buddy, like, they escape, and they're just like, we're just going to hide. And Dash says, it's better to be remembered as a martyr and still be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is great because yeah, I, I mean, think in all, all their context, he's supposed to be dead, and the book yeah. in the comic, he's dead. But yeah, I, I I do really enjoy how Dash Rendar is basically just like everything cliche about Han Solo in one character. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I mean, his I, fucking ship is basically yeah. the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, the the Outrider. Yeah, I was just trying to think <laughs> of what his name was. Totally. What's kind of interesting about Shadow of the Empire, just as like a entry into the Star Wars franchise in general, is that like. It's this pretty popular and well-known uh, entity for never actually having a movie based on it. Yeah. You know, it's po- it has to be the most like well-known non-movie, you know, related Star Wars thing. Like maybe with the exception of the Clone Wars like TV show now, but up until that, um, as far as I know, I heard that like they were gauging the the sort of response to Shadows of the Empire on whether or not they would make the um, the new trilogy. I like think they kind of so. wanted, they kind of wanted to gauge and see what interest was still there in Star Wars, and then they had this, and then they did the special edition of the original trilogy, yep. and then obviously all of these made a lot of money, so yeah. then they rolled on. So, but yeah, great game. When I when I got my N sixty four for Christmas, I got this in Mario sixty four, and I was set for like the next six months. Yeah, I, it's, I mean it's a really fun game. I mean there is some kind of interesting history to this too, because I mean Lucas Lucas Arts they were part of like that uh that N sixty four Dream Team. I mean this was a very early release on the system too. Um, and there's there's some stuff about how like Miyamoto apparently had a little bit of an influence on the game as well, um, like wanting Dash Rendar to be more animated. And I mean it was a game that kind of I think went through some sort of development hell to try to I, I think it might have been scheduled for launch at first. But you know, it slipped a couple months, and originally they were supposed to have a lot more, a lot more levels in it. But it kept on getting pared down and pared down. Yeah. But I mean, the, the final product was at a, at the time a great game. Oh yeah. But no complaints. I, to now, no. <laughs> no, no. It, it's it's pretty bad actually. Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, presentation wise, no, it's great. I mean, a lot of the the. The great music or, or orchestral oh, and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they use, like, the whole Star Wars soundtrack, and, yeah, that was phenomenal. Um, and, like, the little, like, animated cutscenes and stuff, but playing the game is, is... I mean, it was a chore back then. Yeah. We were just we were just forgiving. We just figured we didn't know how to play these kind of games yet, but... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, is that, yeah, definitely, 1996, 1997, really cool game. Mm-hmm. Now, still... no. I was just going to say, I'm not sure if it was this Star Wars game, but it was a Star Wars game for sure. 
I went down to Disneyland, I think, in 99, maybe. Oh, you mean World, and right? Or Disney, Disney World, yes, yes, sorry. Sorry, um, I'm channeling my yes. inner Mike's Glenn's. And... Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but on the way, we stopped at a McDonald's, and it, it was strange because I'd never seen a McDonald's. They had, like, game stations set up oh, inside yeah. McDonald's. There's still a McDonald's yeah. by me now that has a display in the window that says, like, play N64 games here. Like, no joke. <laughs> I don't think they're actually there, but it's still on the window. <laughs> I, I just remember I sat there and played a Star Wars game. I'm not sure if it was this one. I would assume it would probably be Shadows of the Empire, because I don't know. I mean, maybe Rogue Squadron? Nah, probably Pod Racer. Yeah, maybe. 1999? I mean, that's pretty late. I bet it was Pod Racer. It might have been that. I can't remember. <laughs> Pod Racer was it's a great game. game. It was. That one, I would say, does hold up more. Yeah, I, yeah. I, probably. But, I don't know uh, if it's still very good, but it, it probably holds up better than this. Well, let's wrap this up with a December 19th release that only came out in... Uh, it was re- it was published by Nintendo of Europe in uh, in the PAL land, and that's Terranigma, which is the third in the uh, the trilogy that includes Soul Blazer and Illusion of Gaia. Um, yeah. So good. I mean, I've, I've <laughs> never played this game. I've always wanted to. I've never played it, but Illusion of Gaia is very, very good. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it's fantastic. And the crazy thing to think of with this is that uh, so when this came out, <laughs> the the system in Europe was still three months away from release. Oh, Nintendo six, or Nintendo 64 was. That's crazy. Because it came out March 1st, 1997. And even the GameCube was, I think, six months after the North American release. That's well, so weird to think about. Can you imagine in this day and age if, like, the Wii U came out in Europe, like, in, yeah, next year? <laughs> Which just would not fly. It's crazy to think of like how much smaller the world is now just because of the internet. Yeah. Um, that just would not fly. Definitely very, not. Very, very true. There'd be lots of imports. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, people are people are freaking out because it comes out two weeks later in Japan and like in yeah. Europe and stuff compared to America. Well, I mean, even even look at the DS. Uh, you know, it came out in November in North America and it didn't come out until March in Europe. Wow. So I didn't even realize it was that far. That that surprises me. Wow. I think that was the last one where there was a big disparity because we basically had a worldwide launch. I mean, a couple weeks apart, but I think it was all together. That's weird. Why do you think that was specifically with Europe? I mean, were the games just? I mean, was it not a priority? I mean, were they were just not making a lot of money in Europe. I think that's what it was primarily is that they had restrictions, and it was kind of like, okay, we'll just hold back the European launch because it's not as profitable there. Yeah. And I think at this, I mean, at this point, I think you know Europe's making more money, you know, weak U.S. dollar, et cetera, et cetera, that too. And and just you know they have more. It, it's feasible to to hit launch in every region, but that is that Nintendo year, 1996. Uh, we might we might do the Super Nintendo launch kind of soon, or we might just start doing other random years, which I'm pretty excited to do. I think that'll be fun because yeah. there'll be a lot of surprises. It's easy to remember the launch games, but like it's weird to think about the games that come out like the second or third year into a and, system. And if you want to uh, send an email to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com or just write in the uh, write in the forums in the talkback thread for this episode, uh, if you have any advice for what way we want to attack this, um, I mean that's we we had the idea of doing the launch games for these or the launch years with these. And now just looking at it, it's kind of like, well, what do we do now? Um, right. I don't know if, like, the, the, the reason being is because the Super Nintendo, it's kind of foggy. Like, the data's not as yeah. good. And then for sure with the NES, like, there's not even, like, people aren't even 100% sure when the NES and, like, yeah. Mario came out. So let alone, yeah, you know, I mean, other those, games. We'll, we'll probably do those years eventually, but I, I don't even know, like, maybe we'll do 
handheld launchers or something like that and fill in the blanks. I don't, I don't know. Uh, if you have any ideas, let us know. I want to do the Game Boy Color launch year. When was that? Was that 90... 90... 98. 98. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, Get a lot of the like weird N64 stuff in there. Yeah, and then uh, 95 for Virtual Boy. Come on. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. That that will basically be just talking about all the great Super Nintendo games that were out at that point. Chrono <laughs> Trigger, man. Yoshi's Island. I know. And then we'll spend five minutes on yeah, it. be like, Boy. Virtual Boy, guys, Wario Land is actually good. <laughs> I, I swear, swear to I swear. God, you're never going to play Mario Tennis. Yeah. Mario Tennis. Mario Tennis, pretty solid. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's 1996. Hope you enjoyed. Sweet. Yep. Bye. See ya. And that will do it for episode 58 of Connectivity. As always, you can send us listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. If you get a chance to rate and review us on iTunes, that would be awesome. You should also follow all of us on Twitter. Go to nintendoworldreport.com. Look out for the Twitter sidebar on the right there, and you can find all of our handles. And don't forget that Saturday, November 10th, is the third annual NWR Telethon, or Raising Money for Child Play. We've got a lot of great things planned for that day. Um, go to nintendoworldreport.com and you can learn more about that and see where you can donate money for the cause. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week.